the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Gaius used his resources to build the kingdom of God. Gaius didn't go himself. He wasn't a missionary. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't called to that. And maybe you're not called to that either. And that's okay. But he used his resources to enable missionaries and to enable preachers to further the gospel, to to expand the kingdom of God. He wasn't sent, but he was a sender. God doesn't call everyone to go out and be missionaries. He doesn't command that everyone leave their homes and move to foreign lands. He doesn't speak to every believer telling them they must plant a church. If every believer was told to go, there would be no one left to stay. But like the man Gaius, who John mentions with fondness in Pastor Dan's message today, some of us are called to help and serve right where we are. Gaius used his resources to build the kingdom of God and was called to be a sender. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 3 John chapter 1 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. required of us to be faithful I think, it was, I think it was Mother Teresa who said that uh, God has not called me to be successful he's called me to be faithful we're called to faithfulness so whatever God's called you to big small whatever it is to be faithful to it to be a faithful servant because you know one day listen one day you're going to stand before Jesus Christ we're all going to stand before Jesus Christ and we want to hear the words well done good and what faithful servant we don't want to hear well done you know like i mean you're done i guess we want to hear well done good and faithful servant you were faithful to what i called you to do and jesus said if you're faithful over a few things he will make you a ruler over many things. In other words, there'll be a reward in heaven for our faithfulness. No matter what God's called you to, no matter how small it may seem to you or or how big it may be, whatever the case, whatever God's called you to, there's going to be a reward in heaven for your faithfulness to that. Our faithfulness now will matter then. That's when it's going to count, when we stand before Him. And so how was Gaius faithful? He tells us here in verse 5. Look at how, how Gaius was faithful. He says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church if you send them forward on their journey 
in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We, therefore, ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. He, he, he's talking here about these, these Christians that in this day, in that day, uh, Christian ministers, or what we would probably call today missionaries, or itinerant preachers, they would travel around spreading the gospel, preaching the gospel, uh, planting churches, making disciples, and they would just kind of go town to town. Christianity was new. It was a new thing. Uh, the gospel was unheard of in most of the world at that time. And so you had these ministers, these itinerant ministers, that would just travel around from town to town preaching the gospel. Uh, you see that, of course, in the book of Acts with the Apostle Paul, with his missionary journey. So he would just go out and visit a town. Usually he'd go to the synagogue first and try to proclaim Christ there to the Jews. And if that didn't work, he'd just go out to the marketplace in the, in the middle of town or whatever, where he could find people, and he would begin preaching the gospel. Uh, and, if, and if people received Christ, he might stay for a period of time and teach them and make disciples and hopefully plant a church in that town and then just kind of leave a church there to, to kind of grow and be established in that town. And these itinerant preachers, as they would go out, these missionaries, as they would go out, they would depend upon the hospitality of other believers as they went from town to town. They depended upon other Christians to support them. Now, we see uh, an illustration of this in the Gospels, and I want to show you what I'm talking about. So turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 in verse 7. And he, Jesus, called the twelve, the twelve apostles, to himself, and he began to send them out two by two, and he gave them power over unclean spirits, and he commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, a walking stick, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Don't take two coats with you. And also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. You would walk out the door doing that. See, I don't even want your dirt sticking to my shoes. I don't want to track any of your dirt with me everywhere else I'm going. It was a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And so they went out and they preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick, and they healed them. So Jesus here, he sends out his 12 apostles. Elsewhere in the Gospels, we see him send out 70 disciples, two by two. But he tells them, don't take any money with you. Don't take any food with you. Don't make any hotel reservations. Don't have an itinerary. You're going to go walking by faith, just trusting that the Lord will provide for you. And you'll, you know, as you're walking by faith, you'll meet somebody, a fellow believer that will put you up in their house and they'll feed you and they'll take care of you while you're ministering in that town. And so they would go out and they'd come to a town and the Lord would lead them to meet some fellow Christian and that fellow Christian would put them up in their house. Hey, you can stay here in my basement while you're out preaching the gospel out in the marketplace. And, you know, we'll feed you, we'll take care of you. 
Uh, we'll give you some money for your travels to get to the next location. And so they depended upon the hospitality of other believers. Now, go back to Third John. John commends Gaius because Gaius faithfully ministered to those traveling preachers and missionaries that came through his town. He offered them his home. He gave them a place to stay. He gave them food to eat while they were there preaching the gospel. He provided for them. Another cross-reference for you, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 he who re- this is Jesus speaking. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And so Jesus promises a reward to anyone who receives one of these traveling ministers, one of these missionaries, and that was Gaius. Gaius opened his home, he he gave them a place to stay, he provided for them meals to eat, a bed to sleep in, and then look at verse 5 again. Gaius uh, extended hospitality not only to those he knew, but also to strangers that came in the name of Jesus. So even people that he didn't know, he allowed to stay in his house because they're doing the work of the Lord. A couple uh, months ago, uh, we got a phone call here to the church. Uh, it, was a, it was a pastor in upstate New York who, uh, whose daughter and her, her friend were coming down to this area for some kind of training, and they needed a place to stay. Uh, and, and ultimately, long story short, we let them stay at our house. Well, I've never even met this pastor, never heard of him. And it was kind of, you know, on a spiritual level, that's what you do. But on a human level, I'm thinking, like, we're inviting strangers to come stay in my house. This is crazy. What are they, like, murderers or something like that and kill us in our sleep? But, but they didn't. They were nice. <laughs> <laughs> but Gaius opened his house to strangers who were just traveling through in the name of Jesus, serving the Lord, trying to spread the gospel, trying to pe- point people to Christ. And then look at verse 6. Not only does he open his home and give them a place to stay, in verse 6, halfway through the verse, it says that he would then send them forward in a manner worthy of God, which means after they finished their time in his town, staying at his house, and they were moving on to the next town, he would send them forth on their journey with supplies and support, you know, to get them to the next Town. He, he, he made sure they were well-supplied and well-funded to get on down the road to the next location because, it tells us in verse 7, because they went forth for his namesake. They were doing this for Jesus, for the name of Jesus and for the sake of the gospel. And, it says, they didn't take any. They, take, they took nothing from the Gentiles. They didn't take money or support from the Gentiles, the non-believers that they were trying to minister to. So when they would go into these towns, they didn't take up an offering from them. They didn't ask for financial support from the very people they were trying to win to Christ. They didn't ask them for money, uh, lest they hinder the gospel. Uh, You know, when when we first moved here to plant this church, we moved here from Florida uh, and at the beginning, we didn't, we didn't even have a box in the back. And the reason was 
uh, we were here from out of town. We just moved here. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to give any kind of wrong impression to anybody that may attend our church that we were just after their money. And I wanted people to trust us uh, first. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. So we never asked for it. We still still don't ask for money, but we never, that's how it kind of all began, because we just wanted people to just know that we're here just for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of Jesus Christ and making disciples, and we don't have any other motives in this. And so Gaius here, you know, he, he is using his home. He's bringing uh, Christian workers into his home, ministers into his home, missionaries. He's supporting them. He's taking care of them. And then when they go, he's, he's giving them support and, and, and money or whatever the case may be to help them get on with their ministry and continue the work that they're doing for the name of Jesus. And here's the lesson that we learn from Gaius. Gaius used his resources to build the kingdom of God. Gaius didn't go himself. He wasn't a missionary. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't called to that. And maybe you're not called to that either, and that's okay. But he used his resources to enable missionaries and to enable preachers to further the gospel, to to expand the kingdom of God. He wasn't sent but he was a sender. He wasn't sent, but he was a sender. He sent them forward on their journey in a manner that was worthy of God. You know, I heard an interesting statistic this week that during World War II, for every soldier that was on the front lines in battle, there were seven people in the background supporting them. There's seven support personnel uh, for every one that was on the front lines. And Gaius, Gaius was a support person in the kingdom of God. He was a support person getting people out on the front line, people that were called to go, people that were called to preach, people that were called to share the gospel and make disciples and plant churches and all of that. He was a support person, and he faithfully used his resources for the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to turn with me over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, the longest sermon Jesus gave that we have recorded in the Gospels. Verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Gaius stored up treasure in heaven. He used what he had to store up treasure in heaven and not on this earth. He invested in the kingdom of heaven. And look, it says, Jesus said, uh, 
where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. If you're investing in God's kingdom, you're investing in God's work, that's where your heart will be. If you're investing in the things of this life and the things of this earth and material things, that's where your heart's going to be. Whatever you invest your treasure in, that's where your heart will be. And Gaius was investing in heavenly things. He was investing in the gospel. He was investing in the spreading and preaching of the gospel and in the kingdom of God. And if you go back and you look again in 3 John, look at verse 8 now. Like, look what he says. It's so, so amazing. 3 John, verse 8. We, therefore, ought to receive such, your translation might say support such, that, here's why we should do it. Here's why we should be investing in the kingdom of God and storing up treasure in heaven. That we may become fellow workers for the truth. John says here that when we use our resources for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the kingdom of God, we become fellow workers of the truth and the reward for the support people is the same as the reward for the frontline people in the kingdom of God. The reward for the support person, the sender, is the same as the frontline person, the goer. It's the same reward. We get the same thing in the end. And I just want to show you this. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 30, this principle illustrated for us in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is when uh, David and his mighty men go out. They fight the Amalekites. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Some of the men become too weary to go on in battle, and so they stay back with the stuff. If you have the King James Bible, it says they stayed with the stuff, right? Whatever the stuff was, they stayed with it. And so some of them stayed back. Some of them went out to the battle and fought the battle. And then they come back from the battle with the spoils. They win. They've got all of the the spoils of winning. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 21, Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David whom they also had made to stay at the brook Besor. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. So this is the army coming back from the battle. Those who stayed back with the stuff, they come out to meet them. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David into battle answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. The men that went to battle say, we're not sharing any of the spoil with them. They didn't go out to fight. They don't deserve it. They stayed behind. Now look at verse 23. David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us and delivered us, delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. Look at verse 24. For who will, you he, who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies, that stays with the stuff. They shall be alike. They shall share alike. 
And so it was from that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. The person who goes down to the battle and the person who stays behind with the supplies that stays with the stuff, they get the same reward. They get the same take of the spoils. And, and back in Third John, John says, we should receive such or support such, those that are uh, preaching the gospel or going out for the sake of the gospel as uh, missionaries or church planters or whatever it may be, that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Whatever reward they receive in heaven for their work and as a missionary or church planter or gospel preacher, whatever it may be, will receive the same reward as well. The same reward for those who are sent and those who stay behind. It's all the same. The, the spoils are distributed equally among the, the, those who are on the front line and those who are the support people. And, he's, and he says, and John says, this is why you should do it. <laughs> this is not the only reason you should do it, but this is the reason you should do it. It's because you're enabling them to go and do the work of the Lord and you're going to get an equal portion of the spoils. You're going to get an equal re reward in heaven. And so he commends Gaius and tells Gaius, you know, just keep being faithful to do what you've been doing in the way that you've been using your resources to further the kingdom of heaven. And that brings us to Trephus the dictator. He's the opposite of Gaius. Gaius built up God's kingdom Ditrephus builds up his own kingdom. And John rebukes him openly and publicly in this letter. And, and remember, the word of the Lord is eternal. It stands forever. And so this guy's name is recorded in the Bible for all eternity. And he is remembered as an egotistical dictator. What a thing to be remembered for, huh? So here's Ditrephus. He's an example of, of bad leadership. And if you, if you see a pastor in a church with these characteristics, or really, if you see any leader with these characteristics that he has, you should run for the nearest exit. Because that guy's just in it for himself. And look what it says here. So let's look at this guy, verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Ditrephus, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. He asked me how I That's all we have time for today on Reign of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the Bible. Today, Pastor Dan has been sharing the encouraging and challenging words the Apostle John penned in his third letter. If you'd like a copy of today's message to listen to again or to share, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. 
please let us know how we could be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. That brings us to the end of today's message. Join us next time for more, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.